Welcome to Sneaker Dads, I'm John Ratner. Big thanks to everyone who listened to, shared, and messaged me about last week's episode with Alan from SneakerCon. It was a great conversation, so have a listen if you missed it. This week on the podcast, we welcome Carlos from Front Page Shoes, whose personal page is Darth Vader 12. We have a lot in common and plenty to talk about, so let's get into it. Carlos, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Yeah, me too. I know we've talked a lot off air, obviously, online, and it's cool to have you on the podcast. I'll hit you with the question I hit everyone with, and uh, what's in the rotation? What are you rocking on feet these days? You're in Spokane, Washington, so I'm imagining you can't really wear everything you want these day, this time of year? Yeah, it depends on the weather. So it's been snowy here recently, and that's like the worst, because then you grab like two pairs of like leather shoes that you don't care about getting dirty and everything else just kind of sits for several months until it starts to warm up. But, um, today it was, it's cold. What is it today? We're looking at 30 degrees today, which is a little bit warmer than it's been the last week. Uh, but today I wore my, my chocolate milk, uh, social status dunk mids, uh, which was an okay choice. Cause there wasn't there's not a ton of snow left, so I could kind of avoid it by stepping to the side or what have you, but that's what I wore today. But yeah, dunks are, uh, dunks are where my heart is at for sure. Nice. Yeah. I'm mixing it up to similar weather, trying to stay with the leather, but we had some nice weather, some sun, some melting. So I broke out some suede, um, Jordan ones the other day and some air maxes. So kind of getting the itch, but it's uh, definitely too early to, uh, to break out the uh, spring or summer rotation. I think we have another good month or two as as you probably do i want to talk about your history in sneakers but i have to ask about the content you're making because i saw a video with your son micah latest episode of what's in the box it was amazing it was hilarious you guys are a great team does he love it as much as it appears or do you have to do some work i always wonder that so he's four and then you got to believe that that's coming with its own you know unique set of challenges to create a video with him to get him to sit still or to even just stay in the room. So there's a lot of editing. There's a lot of cutting out pieces and, and, you know, maybe rehearsing things here and there before I actually, you know, you know, keep that clip of the video. But uh, in a general sense, I, I do think that he enjoys shoes. Uh, he understands a little bit more as time goes on, as far as like silhouette models and what an Air Max looks like and how to tell it's an Air Max, he, he recognizes what an air bubble is and does not hesitate to point that out to like Foot Locker employees or Champs employees when we're in the stores. Like, hey, man, these are Air Maxes because they have an air bubble. Uh, so he, he cracks me up. That kid is that kid is hilarious. And uh, yeah, I, I think he enjoys it. Uh, I'm trying to just let it happen naturally with him. I don't want to push it on him too heavily um because when i was a kid if things were pushed on me too heavily i tended to you know steer away from them so that's kind of the plan yeah same with my son i, I can't force him on a video i uh, haven't done it recently but uh whenever the opening is there and i don't want to spoil the video everyone should go check it out but on your channel on your instagram but i i have to say you know i appreciate it. you may be taking a couple takes or you may be editing but you also kind of let him go off a little bit like with the hitting the box like that was that that didn't seem too scripted i mean maybe the fedex line was but <laughs> it was pretty he went off i liked it he kind of you let him you let him be free a bit right yeah so he he's got quite the personality so it really just takes one time 
of doing or saying something and it will stick with him. So, you know, there was a time and it kind of went viral where FedEx was really messing up a lot of people's Nike boxes uh, upon delivery. You know, we'd get these boxes and they were all messed up and they were smashed. And, and I had mentioned in a previous episode of what's in the box, like, Hey, should we just smash this box? Like, let's just pull a FedEx and smash this box. Uh, while we try to open it. And so subsequent videos, now he, every single episode, he's like, let's just do a FedEx and smash this box. And so that's what he does. He just bangs on the box and, and uh, he loves it. He, anytime a package comes to the house, whether it's a shoe or not, he's like, oh, we got to do a what's in the box. We have to, we have to make an episode. If it's like something from Amazon, like, you know, new bottles for our, our baby girl to start, you know, you know, drinking milk or whatever. He wants to do a what's in the box for that. I'm like, eh, not really not really necessary, but no, I think he, I think he really likes it. Yeah. I think you could tell, I'm not going to give my son any, I'm not going to show him those videos. Cause if it comes to my big nine-year-old uh, destroying boxes, what's left inside isn't going to be in good shape, but for a four-year-old and, and you're right about them kind of soaking everything up. Your son obviously, uh, obviously has a knack for that. I want to know what your wife thinks, not about the sneakers per se yet, but maybe what she like thinks about the videos. Is she kind of like, okay, boys roll your eyes or is she supportive or is she kind of doesn't care? I think she's somewhere between I don't really care and supportive. I, I wouldn't say that she shows too much on either end of that spectrum. Uh, she'll, you know, she'll clear the room and make sure it's quiet if we're, if we're making a video or what have you. And she'll obviously watch the episodes and like and comment and, and, and whatnot. But uh, she I think she understands that that's kind of a way for, for he and I to bond uh, in a way that she doesn't necessarily do she's she's kind of in the sneakers not a ton but uh nothing close to what you know the problem that i have uh so but she supports and she she enjoys that we have that thing to bond over for sure yeah so the tougher question her view you say she's a little bit into it so does she buy her own you buy it for her how does it work and 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 does she uh is it is it any uh I don't want to dig too deep, but some people are willing to share if it's a, it's a source of strain in their relationship. I, I know it is ongoing with me and my wife. Uh, these days, it's more fitted hats. I'm doing well with the sneakers, but the hat boxes still are coming in at a pace that uh, she doesn't appreciate, let's say. <laughs> it's funny how that works. How I, I've kind of done the same thing. I was cool on sneakers for a little bit, and then I bought hats, and I'm like, the hats are cheaper than the shoes, so let's just buy some hats. And then you realize you've bought 15 hats and you're like, well, this is at least two, three pairs of shoes. So like, what am I really, <laughs> am I saving money here? No, I'm not. But um, so I, I understand that. But my wife, as I was looking over the questions and stuff that, that you had sent me to, to prep for this, this conversation, I realized that not a single time in, in our nine years of, of marriage has she ever said, hey, uh, this shoe is coming out on this date. I'd like to get this shoe. She never once has done that. She loves her shoes. Don't get me wrong. She's probably got, if I had to guess, maybe 15, 20 pairs of sneakers, which is more than she would have if she weren't with me. Uh, she, she just doesn't, she just doesn't put it high on a priority list at all. As far as things that she, she purchases, she's pretty frugal. She's pretty conservative with her spending, which makes us a great pair. Uh, so I, I'm happy about that. Uh, but you know, she, she has a few nice pairs of Air Max ones. She's got some new balances when it comes to athletic shoes. She's definitely more into the comfort, maybe runner style. She does not like dunks, doesn't like, uh, SB dunks for sure. They're just too, too bulky for her liking. And, 
anything that comes higher than her ankle, she doesn't want to wear because it, in her mind, makes her look like she has cankles. So uh, with that being said, yeah, she, she has a, a limit for shoes for sure. Sounds very familiar, both in terms of style and in terms of preference for my wife. A little bit of doing it for me, a little bit of doing it because she likes it, but definitely influence. What about your son? Obviously, your daughter, probably too little. Correct me if I'm wrong. Maybe she's wearing, she's wearing, <laughs> your wife's letting you put the, the Jordan booties on her. I imagine maybe not too much more, more socks and bare feet on a, on a, on a little baby. But what about your son? What, what, are you buying shoes for him? Yes. Yes. Uh, so I kind of have been living, uh, uh, well, how would I describe this? A style of, of purchasing sneakers with money that I've received from selling my own. Or if I get lucky for a pair at retail and I'm able to flip it and that goes into a pool of money and that money is then used to purchase shoes that I want to keep for my personal collection. I've been trying to do that for the last three, four years. Uh, as reselling has kind of taken off. Uh, I don't, I don't consider myself a reseller. I don't look to purchase in bulk and, 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 you know, profit off of, you know, multiple pairs, but I'm no dummy. You know, if, if I see a shoe is retailing for 110 and it's going to sell for 600, then obviously I'm going to try for that shoe, especially if it's one that I don't want to keep. And then I can, you know, take that money and, and put it towards something that I like, but I'm trying to do that for my son. Uh, so for instance, this wasn't necessarily shoe related, but we were at the mall and he saw a LeBron James Jersey. He recognizes the Lakers logo and that's completely my fault, but he, he saw a LeBron James Jersey and he's like, I want that Jersey. I want that Jersey. And I was like, all right, this Jersey is 60 bucks and I'm willing to buy this for you. But when we get home, we need to look through your shoes and you need to pick a few pairs that you want to sell. And so we picked a couple of pairs and I think we sold maybe $45 worth of, of his shoes and that didn't fully cover the price of the Jersey, but it, you know, obviously knocked down that price quite a bit. And so trying to teach him, you know, you can buy what you want, uh, but you also have these pairs in your closet. My, my, he probably has, I mean, my garage is, is full of, of shoes that he's grown out of. I'm, I'm probably over a hundred pairs of shoes that he's grown out of wow. that I've purchased um, at thrift stores. So like, to be completely frank, I, I can probably count on one hand the times that I've purchased a pair for him at retail. Uh, I do most of my, my sneaker hunting for him at secondhand stores. There are a lot of, no matter where you live, there are a lot of like kid consignment stores. And I've, I've done a lot of purchasing for him over the years uh, at stores like that. And so I, I buy him cheap, whether he beats them up or not. I, I, when he grows out of them, if I know that I'm probably not going to save these for the next kid, uh, I'll, I'll try to sell them. And then that money again, will go toward pairs that I'm buying him in his current size or, you know, the next couple of sizes. So yes, he has a lot of shoes, but no, I, I haven't spent a ton on him uh, as I kind of, you know, view those purchases as like recycled purchases, if you will. Um, money that comes to us from, from selling what we currently have. Mm -hmm. I like that. You know, we hear the teach them young phrase thrown around when it comes to sneakerheads and their their offspring or their their nieces and nephews or, or you know, uncles or whatever. But, you know, you don't you kind of think of it as more the 
yeah, these are the air maxes, these are the bubbles, learn to recognize it, but you don't think about it as the the value and how to make money, how to how to be responsible. So it's cool you do that even at such a young age. And, and even though he's not, you know, mowing the lawn for it yet, he's giving something up and maybe it's something he doesn't need and, and understand that, you know, you don't need this and there's a transaction and there's real money and, and, and there's, there's something behind it. But I have to ask, you know, when it comes to thrift stores or, or consignment stores for kids, I'm not so familiar. I mean, I've, I've bought secondhand shoes mostly online from people. Are there, are there deals to be found? Are there good shoes to be found? Is it usually just kind of mid range kind of nothing special type of stuff or, or do you ever find anything special? I have found, I wish that I was down in my garage right now and I could go through all of those boxes of shoes, but there, and maybe I'm, 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 shooting myself in the foot here with giving out this information, but there is a gold mine of like opportunity to, to buy really great sneakers for your kids at a really low price at these kid consignment stores. So I was, I was born and raised in Las Vegas and that city is, is filled with, uh, I can probably think of three or four off the top of my head that, you know, you bring your old baby stuff there and they buy it from you and then they sell it at a profit so they can, you know, make some money themselves. But then as a consumer, I walk into the store and I say, okay, what have these parents left behind? Uh, and a lot of it, when it comes to shoes is a great opportunity because kids grow out of shoes so quickly, they don't use the shoes up very, very much. Like they're not beat shoes. Sometimes, I mean, you'll find some here and there that are beat, but the store is also not going to take shoes that are in terrible condition because they have to sell them. So I have found, like I said, over the years, um, before my son was even born, like before my wife were even, before my wife and I were even married, I remember going into a, a value village, which is, uh, which is a, a thrift store and, uh, finding a pair of, wow, actually I have them sitting here. Uh, this is a newer size. It's, it's a, it's a more, it's, it's a bigger size now that he's wearing now, but this exact shoe not the retro, like the OG 2004, which I have in my size. Um, they were sitting at a value village uh, in like a size three or four C, uh, which is a toddler size, very, very small, probably a, probably a two or three year old is probably wearing that size, but um, bought them for like $5, $5.99, something like that. Um, so those, those kinds of opportunities are out there to, to find some really cool sneakers, Dunks, Jordans. Uh, I found some Kobe's, LeBron's, a ton of, a ton of variety of sneakers that parents, you know, don't understand the value of. So when their kid grows out of them, they just take them to these stores, get cashed out for a very, very small amount uh, and, and go on their way. And so I swoop in and say, all right, uh, I'll take this and this and this because they're all super cheap. But every once in a while, you'll find a store that kind of understands the value of those kinds of sneakers. And so uh, I have passed up several, several pairs that obviously I'd love to have for my kid, but when they're selling them for 60 bucks and that's like over retail, I'm like, eh, you guys kind of know what you're doing, but you kind of don't. Uh, yeah. so I've passed some up there, but yeah. I actually want to hear more about, cause we're all familiar with the thrift side of things, but those sort of consignment more higher end, by the way, were those Villanova dunks? What, what were we looking at there? Yeah, so these are Villanova Dunks. Uh, they originally were part of the Be True to Your School pack yeah. way back in the '80s, and 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 a fantastic pack. I one of my one of my friends that I'm 
connected with on Instagram is Instagram of Scott Renis. He recently completed the entire Be True to Your School Pack. And, and that's an amazing follow. If you guys don't follow him, you definitely should. But uh, they've re-released the Be True to Your School colorways over the years. Um, some of them in regular dunks, some of them in SB dunks. Uh, so this pair that I have here uh, from 2004, not yeah. SB, but they're leather. They also have a mesh tongue. So it's, it, it's just a classic pair. And, and this was actually my first dunk ever, uh, back in 2004. So, uh, happy to still have this pair and, and, uh, you know, rock them with my son, be able to match with him. Awesome. Yeah. I didn't know they did uh, family sizing and that that's very cool. Back to the sort of consignment, um, the higher end. So you mentioned like, you know, 60 bucks for a pair. Are you finding, is this like pairs in the sort of 30 to $50 range and, and they're really worth, you know, 80? Is that kind of what we're talking? Like a dunk like that, I think goes for, goes for a few bucks new, right? It, it probably goes for 70. Kid size or yeah. yeah, it's like a uh, $60, $70 shoe. I, I'm guessing, I don't know. Yeah. But, but you're, you're not finding that for five bucks at, at the consignment type of store i i know the store you're type of stores you're talking about it's 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 kids who are buying if parents who are buying their kids are get, get gifted nicer things it's not it's not the beat up shoe that you would probably donate and it goes to goodwill it's it's something almost brand new or new that you're kind of like damn i spent 60 bucks on these at least maybe i could get 35 out of them right is that kind of what we're talking yeah exactly yeah. for sure and 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 it I, I don't I like rarely ever sell to those consignment stores because you really don't get back what you should if you were to sell to, you know, to, to a consumer yourself. Uh, so to go through those consignment stores are really their parents who frankly don't, don't know the value of what they have. And, and that's why I, I view it as such a great opportunity for us who do know the value of them to go in and, and find those great deals because uh, they're out there. They're definitely out there. Yeah, everyone talks about thrift stores and finding deals and stuff like that, but I don't hear too much about that sort of next step up. So I'm glad you you kind of gave us a, a little bit of a, a hint on on the opportunity there. I'm sure I'm sure there are uh, there are adult shoes creeping up there too, but I think the kids one is obviously for that opportunity because um, so many are unworn. And I imagine in in the in your garage there's a chunk that either you bought at retail that were unworn or you got at the the thrift or, or at a consignment shop that really didn't get much wear either. Right. Cause they just don't. Right. Yeah. It's almost, I don't know. I feel bad about it, but we, I mean, we have a second kid now. And so my four-year-old is obviously grown out of a ton of pairs, but you know, now I have a use for these shoes that I've left, uh, <laughs> you know, in our garage and obviously she's a girl. So our second kid is a girl and she won't be wearing a ton of these boy sneakers, but you know, my wife, she does let me put, uh, some Jordan like booties on her and and she does have a pair of the strawberry milk dunks in a in a size 2c and so she wore those mm. and I about peed my pants she looked so cute in those shoes man it was crazy so yeah you know the kids there maybe even having a you have to have them just they're there you know they're they're growing in value right you could <laughs> or or their keepsake your son wore them that that one 10 minutes to the grocery store and you can't yeah. let them go they're just they're too attached <laughs> i want to hear more about your collecting let's take it back i mean obviously you're into sneakers now was it something you've always been into or is it something you pick up pick up at a specific point or was it gradual uh i'd say it was gradual there were definitely some some points in my life that kind of propelled sneakers uh, a lot faster than than other points but i remember as a kid 
uh, I was, I was always into basketball. I've played basketball my whole life. And so it's kind of hard not to be somewhat aware of sneakers as a basketball player, just because you, you want to have the nicer shoes when you're playing basketball. And as you get older and you start idolizing these players, you know, Jordan, Kobe, LeBron that, you know, have those, those signature shoe lines uh, you have to be aware of it. So I remember at a young age being, being into shoes um, loosely, like, you know, my parents wouldn't buy me every shoe that came out. My parents weren't aware of that, that side of, of, of shoes, uh, nor were we in any position to be spending money like that on sneakers. So uh, I was, I was very thankful for the few pairs that I got that I remember getting that were, that were awesome. Uh, I remember being really excited about a pair of, of Chucks that my stepdad bought me and my, my older brother, I had a Navy blue pair and my, my older brother had a red pair, super excited about them. And we get to school. I'm in elementary school. This is probably 2000. Uh, I don't know, 2001, 2002, something like that. And, and we're wearing our Chuck, our Chuck Taylors, you know, the converse, the classic, the classic model. And I remember getting roasted at school by some kid. He called me and my brother clowns. Like our, our shoes look like clown shoes. And, and I, I was so embarrassed. I remember that moment like vividly and ironically, you, you know, years later, I went to the same elementary, middle and high school with this kid. And I was like two grades ahead of him. So in high school, I'm a junior and he comes in as a freshman. And I kid you not on the first day of school, he's wearing some red chucks because they came back into style, right? They became <laughs> popular over time. And, and I just kind of chuckled, you know, I didn't, I didn't approach him or anything like that, but I, I wanted like in my heart, I was like, you're a clown. You look like a clown now. Um, but I remember those, I remember getting some, uh, some vans, uh, that before vans were like super crazy, like all these classic models. I remember my parents bought me some, um, his name was Corey Nastasio, I believe, uh, but he was a BMX rider for vans back in the day. And, and I could not for the life of me find that silhouette or that model today. Uh, but I remember that pair, like I could literally draw it out. If I, if I had a, a you know, a piece of paper and a pencil, I could draw it out. I, I remember exactly what they look like, but can't find them today. So yeah, moments as I grew up, I remember my parents buying me sneakers here and there, but nothing crazy. Um, fast forward my freshman year of high school, I had, uh, an exchange student stay with us and my family, uh, my freshman year of high school, uh, his name was Mike. Um, and he was, when I say propel sneakers further into my life, he is, he is the reason I, I, I thank him. And I also blame him uh, for introducing me to the more, you know, in-depth and serious world of, of sneakers and, and buying sneakers and camping out for sneakers and, and things of that nature. He, he introduced me to that when I was a freshman in high school and, and, uh, we went shopping for, you know, school, the first day of school outfits or what have you. And I remember he bought, I think he already had them. He had brought them with him from Norway. He's from Norway, but, uh, he had a, a pair of all white Air Force One lows, just, you know, that classic shoe. And 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 we went shopping and he kind of gave me some pointers here and there. And I knew that he was in the dunks. And, and that's when I that's when I picked these up, these these midnight Navy championship, Navy, whatever color you want to call them, uh, Nike dunks. And uh, I wore these on the first day of school my freshman year. So. Um, so a guy from Norway oh, yeah. <laughs> introduces you in in high school. Yeah. To sneakers. That's. That's not how most people get in, get into it, right? Yeah, most of the time it's from like your 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 parents, your you know your mom or your dad, or was like a super big fan of Jordan, and so they they had Jordans growing up, and then that kind of trickles down to their kids. But like I said, my my parents weren't into sports; they didn't really know much about Michael Jordan or 
Kobe Bryant or LeBron or, or, or any of those, you know, big names in basketball or, or what have you. So yeah, this guy came in and just kind of took my, my world by storm uh, when it came to introducing me to sneakers. And it was just, you know, how you, 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 you get put onto something that is just so vast and like, you'll never stop learning about it. Uh, was a very exciting time in my life. And so I was able to enjoy that one school year with him, buying shoes, selling shoes, and just kind of getting into that whole world. And, and uh, we've kept in touch and he's still, you know, one of my best friends and I look up to him and I think he looks up to me in, in, in a few different ways as well. But uh, yeah, I, I, that, that was the moment right there where it, it just kind of became way more serious was uh, my freshman year of high school. And that's all Mike's fault. It's all his fault. <laughs> Yeah, it's Mike's fault you're here today. <laughs> what, you know, you mentioned the Dunks, the Villanovas. Do you have any other memories of specific pairs or kind of moments or just even general in as you grew up that were meaningful or even just memorable? Yeah, uh, I think I'll stick with that Villanova dunk. So this, when I say that this is the shoe that I had my freshman year, I guess that's kind of halfway not true. Like, this isn't the exact pair. It is the same pair, but I, I, I found these years later from a friend of mine and was able to purchase them. It's the same year. So, it, I mean, it's the same shoe, but going back to that shoe that I bought my freshman year of high school, I wore them to the ground. I destroyed them. And then when I was done destroying them, it was that freshman year, me and Mike, he took a pair of all white dunks, all white low dunks. And I took this pair of, of Villanova dunks and we customized them. Uh, we are terrible at it. And they, they looked, they looked atrocious, but um, I remember specifically uh, printing out on pieces of like canvas paper, uh, probably using up all of the color in my parents' printer, but printing out a collage of pictures of the and one basketball team. And which I was a huge fan of growing up. I, I in my closet, I have like their, their, their shoe from the 2004 tour uh, super into and one and, and loved all of their players and, 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 you know, took and cut out those, those collages of pictures of my favorite players, professor, hot sauce, escalade, helicopter, all yeah. like all of these guys that I, that I just idolized. And I slapped them on to all of these different panels of the shoe. And then I continued to wear that shoe until I wore <laughs> it down, wore it down, wore it down. And I remember turning some heads in high school uh, when I when I had that 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 pair of customized and one dunks. Uh, <laughs> looking back, I would probably barf if I saw them right now. But uh, I remember back in the day, people were people were impressed by them for sure. Yeah, you might call yourself some names now, but back back then things it was a different time. We could get away with stuff like that. I, I remember doing collages like that and things like that. Never put it on a shoe, but definitely painted and things on shoes before I even knew what it was. It was just something to do and, and to make something your own. You hinted at the shoes in your closet. I'm curious, maybe before we talk about the broader um, sort of collection, do you have a lot of like older stuff like that? Like you, you highlight the Villanovas and those. Are you are you the type who has old, old shoes that kind of collector's items, things that maybe you don't even wear? Uh, yeah, I think the, the earliest pairs that I have are probably the early 2000s, 2002, 2003. Um, I think a, a few, a few shoes that were, you know, that, that kind of, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, a few shoes that kind of 
inspired me to get into shoes were the dunk were the air force one. Um, and later on it was LeBron's. And so I do have a, a few pairs, um, kind of a mix of the two here, but, uh, LeBron air force ones from, I guess this would be 2003. So that the, you know, the year he was drafted and Cavalier colorway air force one, uh, with his logo on the heel here, love this shoe. Uh, I was able to acquire this just last year and I found it in a very good condition and, and I love this shoe, but I have that one. Um, like I said, uh, I guess I haven't mentioned this yet, but if you couldn't tell, you, you probably know by now, LeBron is my favorite player. And uh, I, I do have the OG zoom generation. This is not a retro. This is the original from 2003. Uh, I bought these off of a guy on Instagram. His name is sneaker Galactus. Yep. And he, he has been on, he's been, he's been on a tear as far as, you know, trying to change the the world of sneakers with another lane and, and, and things that he's been involved with. Uh, but I bought these from him and at the time there was no soul, soul separation. So I was able to wear these probably three or four times. Uh, but every time I, I go back and I look at them, I'm, I'm starting to notice some soul separation uh, like throughout the shoe. So these may very well end up in like a case like a glass case or something. And I'm just displaying them um, along with a couple of other pairs from the early two thousands that are kind of falling apart that I, I can't really, I can't really wear or don't really want to wear, you know, uh, just trying to avoid messing them up further. Um, but yeah, I love, I love old shoes. I love going after the pairs that I could not get when I was first introduced to shoes. So that's a, that's a huge part of my sneaker collecting is, is the hunt for the shoes that I would have wanted in 2004, 2005. Yeah. Are there anything on your list that you're looking for these days? Um, as far as old shoes like that, I, I have a, a few pairs on the way. I wish they were here already, but I have a few pairs on the way right now that, that I'm excited about. Uh, one of which is the Space Tiger SB Dunk. Uh, which is mid 2000s, 2005, 2006. I believe it's a gold box era. And that shoe, I remember being kind of underwhelming. I remember talking to a couple of shop owners back in Vegas. Uh, one of them was Sweet 160. Uh, they're still around, but they had a couple locations back in the day and now they've got one. But I remember talking to one of the, the employees at, at Sweet 160 and they were just sitting on the shelf, this, this Space Tiger SB Dunk that you know, goes for whatever now, six, seven, eight hundred dollars if it's if it's dead stock, was just sitting back then. And so, you know, I, I couldn't afford it back then. I, I didn't have the money, but I was at Sweet 160 with Mike and, and those were the conversations that were had. And so that's what I keep going back to. Just, you know, what did I want back then that would be true to myself uh, as opposed to going for what's hype right now. And unfortunately, what's hype right now are SB Dunks. And Jordan ones. And those are, those are both silhouettes that I really enjoy. So it's tough to kind of go after what I want without looking like everybody else. You know what I mean? That actually leads me to what I was going to ask you next, next, because you'd mentioned that you do buy some newer things and sometimes you flip them and sometimes you keep them. I imagine it are, are, is, is there sort of a balance of, you know, I'm buying some new things, Jordan ones, dunks, whatever comes out, not just those two uh, silhouettes and then hunting for older stuff at the same time. Is that kind of how you do things? That's a pretty good description. Yeah. I think something that's new really has to catch my eye or have some like personal relevance in order for me to want it for myself. Um, but like I mentioned earlier, I'm no dummy. Uh, I, you know, I, I understand the 
concept of flipping a shoe. And unfortunately, that leaves a lot of us out in the cold when it comes to hitting pairs that we actually want for retail. Um, but I don't feel bad about it at all. If I were, if I were purchasing 20, 30, 50 pairs, hundred pairs, whatever, using a bot or, or what have you to acquire those pairs and then flipping them individually like that, that seems a little much to me. Uh, and I can understand why people would get frustrated about that. But, um, yeah, if it's a, if it's a new pair and it means something to me, for instance, there's a, a pair of, they haven't been released yet. And I don't know when the release date is going to be, but they've got two pairs of barbershop dunks that are releasing. I don't know if you've seen them, but there's uh, Yankees kicks are always posting pairs of stuff to come. And uh, they've posted both the black pair and the white pair. And uh, I've been cutting hair for 17 years at this point. And uh, any, any barber shoe, especially a dunk is, is going to catch my eye. And so I've definitely got my eye on those two pairs coming out, but that's what, if it's a new shoe, yeah, it's got to mean something to me for me to keep. If it's an old shoe, it's got to be, like I said before, it's, it's got to be something that I was kind of going after back then, because then there's this sense of accomplishment. There's this sense of like, finally, I got it uh, type of feeling uh, that you can't, you can't replicate just by buying a shoe that somebody else likes and you're buying it because it's popular. Uh, that's, that's a feeling that you can't replicate. Absolutely. Yeah, you know, and I feel the same way. I, I'm not buying too much to flip these days just because I don't have the patience and we don't have the sneakers app and it's it's just a lot more hassle for me these days. Um, but, you know, I have and I, and I think, you know, we both obviously contribute to the sneaker economy one way or the other. So I don't think there's there's any guilt to uh, to flip something or, or uh, make a profit off something especially if you're you're trying to do something and, and and buy something else but you mentioned that you've been cutting hair for 17 years i'm wondering what the footwear is in the shop is it you have to be conscious because of hair falling on it or can you do everything and and i imagine comfort is a big factor too being on your feet yeah comfort is a big factor too uh for for many years i i was cutting hair at home and uh I, I may or may not get roasted for this, but I, when I was cutting hair at home and I just had to slip on a pair of shoes that it didn't matter what they were, it was the Air Monarch. It was the, it was the notorious dad shoe that I am actually a pretty big fan of. Uh, I have a couple pairs myself and I wear them to, you know, mow the lawn and do all the dad stuff. And, and uh, I actually, I worked with a, a customizer that I knew who's from Vegas. Her name is uh, Katie Schaffstall. Uh, she's done some really cool pieces for a lot of a lot of big names, uh, especially in the WNBA, the, the NBA, uh, and things like that. But she took a pair of Monarchs, and uh, and there was an all white pair of Monarchs, and customized them to look like the off white bread ones, uh, and and it was it was fantastic. If I had them still, I I, I would show you. But nice. I ended up selling them. I sold them for 150 bucks. <laughs> And uh, it was just like, you know, I wanted a pair at the time and I was like, what can I sell to, to, you know, afford this pair right now? So that was one of them that, that kind of, you know, fell on the chopping block and, and I sold them, but uh, yeah, that's crazy. So uh, yeah, Monarchs, I was wearing those when I was at home cutting hair, cause it really didn't matter. Nobody was really seeing me aside from my clients and they were in the chair anyway. So it didn't, it didn't much matter, but now I work in a shop, I go to work every day and, and. I, I tend to go after things that I don't mind getting hair on, uh, mostly leather shoes, um, you know, not, not suede or mesh or anything like that. The hairs, they find their way into like the craziest places. 
And I'm not talking about just shoes. I'm not going to get too much into that, but like <laughs> hair, hair can sure. really travel. Hair can really travel. But <laughs> So I'm curious if the barbershop, because of your interest in sneakers, has sneakers infiltrated as, as you know, obviously it's mainstream now. It's part of, it's part of the world. It's part of culture. So it's natural that maybe people might talk sneakers anyway, but I imagine you've had a little bit of in, impact on the conversation or, or not so much. Yeah. I mean, anytime a conversation about sneakers comes up, I am, I am immediately called upon as like, well, Carlos is the sneaker guy, like go, like, let's ask him or what do you think or this or that. So I, they definitely recognize how much I'm into sneakers and I talk about it enough with my clients, some of which are into sneakers as well. So they, they recognize that, but I tend to leave a trail of, of new sneaker heads wherever I go. Uh, meaning when I go to a barbershop, I've, I've worked in a few different shops here in Spokane since living here for the last few years. But every time I go to a shop and I start to get to know people and they get to know me, uh, they get into sneakers more so than they were before. And I, I think it's awesome that I can introduce people to a, a world that I've enjoyed for many years and, and seeing them kind of experience what I experienced as a freshman in high school uh, is fun. You know, I, I, I've made several friends that aren't into sneakers and have turned them into just full-blown sneakerheads, and they talk about it and, and are about it more than I am at this point. And I'm like, man, you, you guys really have taken off with this, but it, it's fun. And yeah, so I, I definitely think there uh, there's an influence that I leave behind when it comes to sneakers and the barbershop. Yeah, you know, I'm a little bit the same with some of my friends, and I think the recent surge in popularity of sneakers has, has helped, but I think it's even easier to get into something when, you know, your friend is into something, you're spending time with them and, you know, you go visit their house and <laughs> they're claiming their sneakers or whatever, or they're online and you're looking over their shoulder, like, are you on Instagram? No, I'm on eBay, you know, or I'm on StockX. So it's natural. I'm wondering what the scene is like in, in Spokane. I know you're a father now, so you're maybe not camping out every day and, and doing things like that. But uh, is there a little bit of one? Is there a lot of one? Um, there, so I'll be completely frank. I've never camped out for a pair of shoes ever in my life. Um, I, like I said, freshman year of high school is really was when I was introduced to it, but I didn't have a job. I didn't have a ton of money back then. So I was, I was pretty, uh, it was, it was just straight up Craigslist back in the day, uh, looking for shoes and, and doing meetups that way, but never really camped out for a pair of shoes. Um, cause I didn't have the money and, uh, I, yeah, that's never been a thing, but Back to Spokane. Spokane, if I had never lived in Vegas growing up, Spokane would probably seem like a decent place to get shoes. But having been in Vegas for 18, 19 years, and then another five years uh, at the age of, of 20, 22, 23, uh, Spokane is, uh, I love Spokane, but it's not, it's not a place to go to buy sneakers. Like if you're a sneakerhead, you'll never come to Spokane because of sneakers. Um, we have one Nike store. And it is like a, it's almost an outlet. You know, if you were at an outlet store in a bigger city, it would look like our main Nike store here. They don't get new releases. Uh, they get stuff that doesn't sell other places. And, and uh, yeah, it's not nothing to, to write home about. We have, a, we have a few, we have two champs stores. We have a Foot Locker. We have a couple of local skate shops that I know are, are in the process of, of getting some Nike SB accounts back and, and, and uh, maybe revive the Nike SB scene here in, in Spokane. But uh, we also have one, uh, 
I don't even know if I should count this, but like one consignment store, uh, if I could compare it to anything like Urban Necessities back in Vegas, my guy Jay, who uh, who owns that shop, Jay and Joni, um, you know, they just done amazing things with that that store and that brand. But um, they, there was one consignment store here. I won't mention their name because they frankly haven't been doing well. And I, in my mind, I'm like, I'll give you six months before you aren't in this mall anymore. And sure enough, they're not there anymore. And and uh, it just hasn't gone super well for them. But uh, yeah, this, the scene is, is not super great in Spokane. So that gives me a whole lot more of a reason to shop online, make deals with people back home, or even, you know, when I do get to go back to Vegas and see friends and family, I, I make it a point to, to make some sneaker deals of, of some kind when I'm there. Yeah, obviously lots going on in Vegas. You mentioned Urban Necessities. Obviously, they're killing it and doing great things. And uh, we're definitely thinking about them um, these days uh, extra. But um, I wanted to ask you a little bit more about your collection. You highlighted some. Are there some gems in there that you really covet or, or have meaning? Or are there silhouettes that you really, you know, you said you're a LeBron fan, but LeBron has a huge line. I'm wondering if you, if you're all across the board, you showed a quite a big variety so far. What, what are you into? Are you, are you mostly Nike? Are you, are you all sorts of silhouettes? You like runners? You like Nike basketball? How, how do you sort of look at yourself? Yeah. So mostly Nike. I don't think I have, I think the only other brands that I have in my closet that aren't Nike are, are Vans and I have one pair of New Balances. That's it. Um, so with, I, I wouldn't say my collection is ginormous, but of the, of the several pairs that I have, I, uh, I, it's, it's predominantly Nike. So, um, yeah, my, my favorite silhouettes, like those silhouettes that I mentioned before, the dunks, the air force ones, uh, I do, I do like air maxes. I don't buy a ton of them, but I do enjoy air max ones. Um, probably more than any other air max, probably air max ones. Um, I've really liked what, what Pat has been doing with those those Air Max ones lately with the, the like wavy line there in the, uh, on the side of the shoe. But um, yeah, let me see. Big LeBron guy. I started, I, I, it's kind of come in phases. You know, I, I get into this mode of like, all right, it's dunks time. And then, all right, you know, dunks are popular now. Uh, let me get into LeBron's. And so all of 20, 2020, I think uh, was when I kind of went on a mission to complete a set of one through 17 at the time it was 17 and uh that that was a fun thing to do to to buy online or make deals with people in person to acquire one colorway of one through 17 so i had 17 pairs of lebrons at one time obviously i had doubles here and there but i had i had one through 17 at the time and i made a pretty cool video that posted on a uh, you know previous youtube channel and and uh that was great so being able to complete that set of one through 17 was really fun for me. But this year, uh, last year and this year, uh, was, was definitely, uh, air force ones for me, uh, just kind of shying away from the dunks for a while, just because of how crazy popular they are. That's driven up the price like, like crazy. And so I've gone back to the mid two thousands, early two thousands of air force ones and said, all right, what did I see back then that I really, really wanted? And uh, I was able to acquire several pairs of those, one of which I have here. I will never wear the shoe, which is not, which is not like me. Um, I wear all of my shoes. This is the only pair in my collection that I haven't worn. And I will show it to you now. But for maybe obvious reasons, 
uh, I have not worn this shoe. This is the Kobe Bryant Air Force One. Uh, I want to say this is from 06. Yeah, 06. Uh, you know, you can't see it on, on, on the podcast, but it's the, the tan, almost like a new buck, very short suede. I, I don't, I'm not sure exactly, but with the very vibrant blue, uh, I guess this would be Supreme, Supreme midsole, which is like a translucent midsole that, that allows you to kind of see the, the, the air unit in the back of the shoe. Um, I got these last year, got them dead stock. I, I feel like I paid a pretty good price for them. Um, meaning I could take these and flip them for several hundred if I wanted to, yeah. but that's not the point. This, the point of this shoe was to have it and keep it and kind of honor Kobe. Um, but yeah, this is, this is the one shoe in my collection that I, that I will keep, but not wear everything else that I haven't worn is because I'm planning on getting rid of it or trading or selling or something like that. But this shoe right here, man, this is a, this is a special shoe to me. Definitely going to keep this for the long haul and, and honor Kobe in that way. But yeah, that's a gem. And uh, I understand why you don't want to wear those. That's uh, there's exceptions and good reason for that one. The one other shoe that I will show or talk about that I would be you know, remiss to not mention is, is my favorite shoe of all time. And I've owned them twice. And the reason why I've owned them twice is because I really, really regretted getting rid of them the first time. And so I, my plan is to not get rid of them again, but uh, it's a gold box Nike SB Dunk. And it is my skater dies. Nice. It's like maybe one of the most beautiful SBs in my opinion. Obviously I'm biased. This is my favorite shoe, but like, it's not the craziest, most hyped, expensive, you know, pair of SB dunks, but they're cool. They're definitely very cool. So I did skate. I have skated, you know, kind of nonchalantly throughout my life. Um, I haven't really done a ton of skateboarding more than just here and there. And, and I'm not very good at it, but you know, when you have SB dunks and, and you like that style of shoe, it's, it's easy to get into skateboarding and, and kind of go that route a little bit, but, uh, I've never skated in these probably will never skate in these. That would be dumb, but, uh, love it. Love the shoe. I love the, I love the inspiration behind it. Classic, uh, video game called skate or die. And if you look at the, the artwork, uh, of the video game cover, the outfit of the skater in that, in that picture, uh, is what this shoe, the colors, the patterns, the little designs back here, all of that is, is based off of that, that video game cover. So love it. The insoles on them say, it says push start key on here. Uh, just very small details that you hadn't seen with Nike SB for many years. They're getting back into that. And I have to give them props for the collabs that they're doing now. And some of those really cool, small, intricate details that were, were once gone with Nike SB, probably, you know, 2012 to 2017 probably there was a good stretch of five years where sbs just kind of died and um like i said they're doing a good job at at resurrecting that that line uh, of nike sbs but yeah i can't talk about shoes and not mention that shoe so i I'm, I'm happy that i could get get a word in about those ones for sure i'm glad you shared those i have to ask because you talked about kind of embarking on the lebron mission and and air force ones do your dunks some of them get do you get rid of some of them or do they all get just i obviously you still wear them but um but do they 
do you clear out a bit when when you shift or do you, does everything stay I wish maybe I can find this picture quickly but I wish that I could go back to 2017 and not sell the <laughs> 60 to 70 pairs of dunks that I had at the time yeah and keep them and potentially sell them today because I legit I had a pair I had I had several pairs of dunks and I'm talking 50 to 60 pairs uh, that was like pre Travis Scott era, right? We talk about Travis Scott, these other influencers, artists, celebrities, whoever athletes that have played a role in, in kind of propelling the popularity and the hype on these, on these SB dunks. Um, oh, here's, I found a picture. Those are the off-white monarchs that I had to uh, customize. You can kind of see them on there, but. Oh, wow. Uh, They're like uh, black and red. Black and red. So yeah. The oh, bread, right. You said that. Yeah. The bread, the off-white bread ones. So oh, wow. she had, a, she had <laughs> an extra text switch. and everything. <laughs> yeah. And, and uh, on the, on the midsole, instead of saying air in quotes, just said dad, it, they, it was a dope shoe, but um, <laughs> yeah, I, I really, really regret selling all of those dunks because if I, if I had to go back, I look at the picture and I break out a calculator and I look on StockX as, uh, as far as what things are going for now, I'm pr probably 15, 15K that I sold for maybe maybe $2,000 in total, uh, you know, just shy of the Travis Scott era of SBs. And so I regret that, you know, that's a, that's a, big, that's a big regret of mine, uh, you know, letting go of those pairs too early. Um, but loved them. I, I loved all my dunks. I wore all my dunks. None of them, none of them were dead stock. And so, uh, but they've stood the test of time in my collection. I've never phased out of dunks completely uh, just because I, I feel like I need to be true to myself and, and, and keep dunks in the rotation just because of how much they meant to me when I got into sneakers. So, yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, dunks were that model that just a lot of people had too many of and weren't getting any of anything from. I mean, I kind of did that with Jordan 1s. I did that with a few dunks, but uh, it wasn't a wholesale thing with me. That brings up something else I wanted to ask you about because we talked a little bit about resell, um, but we haven't talked sort of about the bigger picture, maybe state of the sneaker world. You know, I know that, and we'll talk about it next, uh, about some of your social media and content creation. So I know you keep a pulse on the sneaker world, but um, what do you think about where we are? Maybe in terms of just popularity of sneakers, it's hard to avoid obvious, but do you have any opinions on it? I, I, I feel like I'm kind of, hot and cold with it or bittersweet or whatever, you know, phrase you want to use. I, some of it excites me and some of it disappoints me. But uh, the reason why it excites me is that we live in a time now where we can find information on shoes in the tap of a button, you know, within seconds, we can be learning about sneakers. Whereas back in, you know, the mid two thousands, when I got into shoes, you really had to go to some very specific places uh, to find information on shoes. Some of those early sneaker forums, uh, Nike talk. I remember Mike was on Nike talk every single morning before school. I'd walk downstairs and he's on the computer looking at Nike talk. Um, so those, those forums were, were great, but we now live in a time where everything is so accessible. Information is readily available, which I think is beautiful. I think it's great. And for people who are now getting into sneakers, how, how, you know, fortunate are they to, to have all this information available so so easily 
so that's awesome. Um, the other side of it, I, I think these, these influencers on, on Instagram, as far as sneakers go, I, I really, I hope that they understand how much of an influence they have on the sneaker world. Uh, it is literally in their hands, in my opinion, this is my opinion. It is, it is up to them what is popular and what is not. If a shoe gets posted or early pictures get leaked and it cycles through all of these repost pages that say, you know, here's an early look at this pair, or, you know, this is rumored to release here and there. Like if the more influencers that are posting that it then becomes popular in the eyes of, of the sneaker community. So I think that that's both good and bad. Obviously I, I said already, it's great to be able to see that information so quickly. I think it's unfortunate that people are, are, are letting influencers dictate what they feel is popular or not, or it's letting them dictate what they feel is cool or not, or what they might enjoy. Um, so that's something that I've tried to stay true to in the content that I'm creating and that we're creating with front page shoes is a variety of sneakers. We're not doing a ton of like, here's what's coming out and, you know, uh, things of that nature. We, we, we actually, I don't know. I think we've had more fun looking back on sneakers that have released in the past and, and, you know, bringing up memories. Like what do you guys remember about this release or what, what, uh, what were you doing when you, when you, when this shoe came out, where were you living or, you know, things of that nature that, that people can, can kind of reminisce about. And so I enjoy those conversations far more than what's coming out and how much can we make off of this shoe or, or what have you. So um, there are great things about, where sneakers are at with social media right now. And then there are, like I said, just things I would, I would rather see different. Yeah. I feel the same way. There's it's that cycle of reposting and it's just for views and it's just, you know, it's cause a lot of these blog sites or, or Instagram sneaker pages just have to do it to, you know, to, to feed the beast sort of. And it's kind of, we all get caught up, even if we don't want to, you know, you see something 50 times, it's going to influence you whether you liked it the first time or not. So I'm glad you pointed this out, but tell me more about front page shoes because you guys are obviously um, trying to do something, um, I guess, different, right? Yeah. So a few of my, my friends back in Vegas, um, some of which I grew up with and some of which I've, I've met through sneakers over the years, but it's myself. It's my guy, Jay, who I went to high school with, uh, my guy, Aaron, uh, who I met, he actually started to come and see me for haircuts before we even started talking about sneakers. But, uh, and then our guy, Ryan, he goes by monster. Um, all four of us just love sneakers and we love the history of sneakers. And, and I think that they're probably in agreement with me about nostalgia as opposed to, you know, um, what's coming. And I think that, 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 that helps us create content. That's a little bit more interactive in that way. Uh, but what we're really trying to do is build a community uh, around sneakers, uh, as opposed to, in my opinion, things with sneakers seem very transactional these days. And that's boring to me. Anybody can buy a shoe, right? I've had conversations with, uh, with uh, Matt Halfhill of Nice Kicks, we've had him on on uh, on on previous episodes of, of a show that I was I was doing before. But um, we had a great conversation about how you know anybody can buy a shoe. That's not impressive. Anybody can spend money on a shoe. That's great. Um, but, but you know you don't need to 
to do that in order to you know be popular or or what have you i think so we're trying to create a community build a community that just consists of people who really love the world of sneakers as opposed to buy sell trade so transactional and so uh one thing that we've done and we've done i think extremely well over the last two holiday seasons uh we've done our 12 days of kicksmith challenge which has been just a blast so essentially 12 days leading up to christmas has a theme uh, a challenge if you will and so each day you you go on our, our instagram and you'll see that day one was to um take a picture of a pair of shoes that has holiday colors, you know, red, green, gold, blue, whatever it is, and post it, tag us. And then your name goes into our, our spreadsheet of, of entries. So every day that you post a shoe, uh, you have an entry. And so, you know, you kind of have incentive to participate in this by, by, uh, you know, posting pictures and tagging us. And, and so what we would do at the end of every night, we would go live on Instagram and review all of the entries from that day. And so everybody who posted their pairs got, you know, hopped on the live and, and we got to see pairs from other people and they got to meet each other, started following each other and talking to each other in the comments during the live. That's where the community really started to build. And we started to create some connections from people from all over the world, uh, from here to Norway, to Japan, uh, all across the US, people in Canada, like everywhere everywhere we started to, to make some connections with people and that was really fun so 12 days go by if you if you participate in all 12 days uh this last year we we tripled your entries so if you participated in 12 days you went from 12 entries to 36 and at the end of the 12 days we put everybody's name from that spreadsheet into one of those you know generic you know spinning wheel draw a winner type of thing and we had three prizes uh, first prize was a gift card to a consignment shop in Vegas called Grailstorm, and I think the total was like 400, uh, and that was pooled money by by the four of us and by people who follow us that wanted to contribute to that total, which was great. Uh, second prize was a was a, a gift card to uh, our guy Barney, who uh, his Instagram name is Vintaged LV, but he specializes in vintage clothing, vintage sneakers, and and uh, he has a shop where you can you can buy shirts and 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 uh, shoes and stuff like that. So third prize was a Nike gift card. So we, we were able to, to really give some really cool gifts to, to people this, this last holiday season, the last two holiday seasons. And that was great. So again, going back to front page shoes, our overarching goal is to just build that community, make connections. Um, and not really like, we're not looking to profit off of it at all. You know, we, we don't have a huge following. We're not making money through social media. Um, if that ends up happening, then fantastic. But uh, we understand that the four of us, we don't get paid to do this. This is all just volunteer and, and we do it for the love of sneakers and for the love of, of making those connections and helping others make those connections as well. Yeah, totally see that. And I totally am on the same page because, you know, I think the sneaker community, whether you've been in it for a long time or you're newer to it, or whether you are focused on accumulating a lot of shoes or if you're happy with what you have if you have a big collection or small i think the vast majority of us are realizing or have realized that it is about community and it's you know i i do it with sneaker dads i'm looking at you you're wearing a sneaker dad's hat and and people ask me you know my friends they say okay well, you know why don't you build this up and make it something big i say you know people who buy sneaker dads has buy it because they want to rep they support it they don't they don't 
look at it like a brand that is is hyper cool and i don't want it to be that i want it to be something that's for the community for us so to speak not that I'm, it's exclusive but when i when i look at what you do and you know i had cadillac jackson of talking kicks on a couple of weeks ago and i look at what people do and it's really it's really um it's really they do it for the other people and you know you talked about influencers and i think people are starting to realize even if you're a successful influencer what that means is you're getting a couple pairs of shoes a month probably not necessarily the most desirable shoes unless you're up there and you're you know a celebrity which isn't even what we're talking about we're talking about you know, sneaker influencers and, and, and people who are just getting seated pairs, they can't be doing it for the money. And if they're doing it for the money, they're flipping these shoes and not making it. So I think people are realizing that there's no, there's no monetary gain in there. There's no clout, really. There's people with tons of followers and people with others. But it's the people who talk to people and interact with people and have conversations and you and I get to know each other on Instagram we chat and you support me and I support you and you come up and all that stuff that's where the value is and and it sounds like mushy right but people who do it know that really that's what it's all about because you don't get anything you know I could get a free pair of shoes from Foot Locker and it's great I'll make a video about it but is that going to last anywhere near as long as the connection that we're going to have after having a conversation or, or or talking on Instagram, not even close. Like you, you talk about you're doing work with these guys, you're, you're building a podcast, you know, all these relationships and, and whether you get to meet someone in person or not. I mean, the pandemic has, has been a blessing in disguise because everyone's connecting online now when they couldn't before, like we are today. But um, it really, it really is. And I think it's happening more and more. And I think people are starting to realize that, yeah, <laughs> this is the most I can get out of it. <laughs> it's not, it's not. And maybe, yeah, maybe we'll do a deal. Maybe I'll find someone in my size or maybe, yeah, I could send you a pair for my son. And they just like, sure. But that's secondary. Right. And I think it's interesting. And, and obviously I'm not going to knock anybody who's, who's an influencer on Instagram when it comes to sneakers do your thing, whatever you're finding successful. And if it's, if it's allowed you to, to even, even break even as far as what you're making, if you're able to spend money and then, you know, pay yourself back through social media, fantastic. You are, you are on your way to being very successful uh, with social media. Uh, What I think is, is interesting is that it shows in your content, what you're doing it for. And I think that that's something that we're trying to focus on is, is just, being, being real, not that, not that others aren't, but like just the, the honesty and the, the rawness of, of the content that we try to put out is just like, it's wholesome. You know what I mean? And it's, it's something that people can appreciate, uh, and, and start to connect with as opposed to just like that one time, like even transactional type of thing. If you know, you follow an influencer, they're probably going to have several pairs of a shoe that may not be released yet and, and you can buy from them and you'll, you'll spend a, you know, a pretty penny on getting those pairs. But what have, what have you done to connect with that person that's running the account? Or like, what have you done to connect with that, with that brand? You know, are you supporting them or they support, like, it's just like you were talking about. It's, it's pretty easy to tell um, what people's intentions are by the type of content that they put out. Yeah. And I didn't mean to shut 
cast any uh cast any negative um light on on influencers either you know i have friends who are doing it and and doing quite well at it but at, at the same time you could tell when people are, are trying to do it and, and it doesn't come off as as natural and you know there is a there are a ton of opportunities and i wouldn't i wouldn't be smart to anyone who's trying to do it but you know i think the brands have made it quite clear and people i've spoken to even on this podcast have told me that the brands want authenticity and and whereas in the past they may have might may have wanted you know someone with a lot of numbers i think a lot of views or a lot of um a lot of followers i think now the brands are starting to realize they want authenticity they want people who are going to interact they're going to people who have conversations and talk about this and that goes back to it it's it you can't have those conversations with anyone if your followers aren't real people or if they're or if they're just there for the hype and they don't want to talk about it and just you know two fire emojis i mean i do the fire emojis to some of my greatest friends just because i don't have the energy or the effort i just want to show support and i'm too lazy to type i mean we all do that but i think you know we know that you know there's an opportunity for deeper interaction and, and deeper things. So I'm glad you're doing, is there anything you could share about what you have plans for the future? Or is it sort of, is it what you talked about? Just, just driving that community and being authentic and, and telling stories about the old, older, old stuff and the new. Yeah. So I, I don't want to give away too much of, of what our plans are. Um, Cause I do feel like they're unique and there aren't a lot of people doing what we are planning on doing. And, and, uh, you know, I was I was part of a of a previous sneaker venture, if you will. It was called Goody Two Shoes, and uh, it was with Aaron, who I previously mentioned, who is who is now part of part of Front Page Shoes, and uh, his cousin Brian, and uh, both really good guys. And and we were able to create a, a pretty solid, in my opinion, one of the best one of the best sneaker shows in existence. Uh, there are a few that are up there, you know, full size run show, I obviously I think is the, is the standard and they, you know, just with the resources they have are able to put out some, some really, you know, high quality, you know, live shows. Um, but we, we, we created something pretty unique, something pretty special. And, and, uh, that's what our goal is with front page shoes is to recreate similarly to what we did with, with goody two shoes, as far as a live show goes. And so, yes, people have a live show. And people bring on guests and things of that nature. Uh, but as far as the segments that we are going to include uh, in our live show are not being done uh, in other shows. And so that's what we're most excited about. And it's a, it's a way to, uh, again, create connections from people to people and also build sneaker knowledge. And so we have a, we have a pretty unique way to to uh, test people's knowledge of sneakers and allow the viewers to also learn uh, as they're as they're watching. So uh, I'm excited for that. You know, the the four of us that are running front page shoes right now, I think we've all kind of simultaneously, and it's kind of unfortunate. We've we've all kind of simultaneously hit a very busy point in our lives, uh, and and this uh, this plan to you know start this live show has kind of taken a taken a, a backseat for a little while until we can all kind of you know, gather ourselves and, and our thoughts and our plans and, and create it the right way. You know, we've all kind of decided that if we want to do this, we want to do it right. We want to do it with, with everything that we have. And unfortunately, I don't feel like we're each in a place right now to give what we want to give to it, uh, to make it what we want it to be. So, but it's coming. I think uh, as time goes by, we'll, we'll continue to plan. We'll continue to make, um, make strides toward that. 
Um, so my, my guess is within the next several months, we'll, we'll be, we'll be putting that out there and, and it'll be fun, fun to participate in. And, and, you know, we want to bring guests on. So if you're ever interested in, in coming on and, and being a guest and sharing your story, uh, we'd love to have you and, and, and things of that nature. So, yeah. For sure. I'm going to keep my eyes peeled. I know uh, the listeners will, and um, it sounds exciting. And, you know, I think there's a uh, opportunity for people doing things new. Like you, like you mentioned, there's, there's some established content creators and, you know, a lot of them quite frankly, but uh, I think there's plenty of room. And even, even some of the, the leaders in the space will tell you the same thing that there's plenty of room for people to do something different and something uh, unique and, uh, as long as they they have the passion so i'm excited for it and uh and uh that like i said i'll keep an eye on it and i'll keep an eye on your other ventures and your your uh videos with your son in the meanwhile and other other uh more casual things like that and uh you're providing me a little bit of inspiration or a lot of inspiration to get my kids and son back in the mix because he's wanted to be on the podcast and i i have a friend waiting with with a son his age and uh and we just need to do it. And uh, it's it's about time. So getting him and it's great to see uh, your son and uh, definitely your content and, and great to have you on the podcast. I, I didn't know, you know, 90% of the things you told me about, we've chatted a bit, but uh, it's always great to get to know someone better and hear their story and, uh, and uh, re- really appreciated uh, everything you shared. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. I, I I did take a glance at some of your previous episodes and and some of the guests that you've had on. And, and frankly, they're, they're, they're doing well, you know, they're, as far as their, their, their space or their corner of, of the Instagram world, they're, they're, they're doing very well. And so I've, I felt humbled and, and honored to, to be, you know, on your podcast, uh, even though I'm not in, in that space, you know, I, I, I don't have, you know, front page shoes doesn't have a huge following yet. And maybe, maybe this, this podcast will help that, but you know, that's for me, that's not the point of me being here. And for you, that's not the point of me being here either. And so I, I, I appreciate you giving me the time to, to talk and share my story. And I think my wife will be the first one to tell you I like to talk. And so I appreciate the, uh, the opportunity to share some of that with you. Yeah, happy to have any guest willing to talk. It, it's not, uh, I don't uh, take it too serious, but uh, you, definitely, uh, you definitely were uh, <laughs> more than worthy. So thanks for doing it. Yeah, anytime, man. Thanks for having me. Big thanks to Carlos for coming on the podcast and sharing his story and perspectives. You can find him at Front Page Shoes and Darth underscore Fader underscore 12. You can find me at Heads Ain't Ready, Sneaker Dads is on YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as at SneakerDads.com. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week. Later. Later.